Welcome to the Border Bowl Journal. Today's episode is June 14th, 2023, and it's just another day in the Anglosphere, where censorship, propaganda, and authoritarian rule is evolving. Not as the exception, but the rule. This morning's dismal reminder of just how screwed up the world is arrived by email. In my inbox was the usual subscriber plea and information dump from Foreign Affairs magazine. Back in the day, pre-Bush, Obama, Trump eras, Foreign Affairs magazine was a great read. It was a balanced publication and ordinarily absent of American political hubris. Even before I worked outside of Canada, either employed by my government or the various IGOs, it was the go-to publication for foreign policy wonks like myself. Foreign Affairs promotes itself as a, quote, American magazine of international relations and U.S. foreign policy published by the Council on Foreign Relations, a nonprofit, nonpartisan membership organization and think tank specializing in U.S. foreign policy and international affairs, unquote. As my monitor filled with the Foreign Affairs webpage teaser headlines, it was evident that the publication has gone full propaganda with pro-Ukrainian and anti-Russian missives. Out of 37 headline teasers, some were duplicates on the webpage, 14 were directly about the wins and the progress that Ukraine is or likely to have against Russia. One does not need to read far into any of these articles to conclude that they are overwhelmingly biased in support of Ukraine, which is understandable given the pedigree of the writers and the indirect influence of the U.S. State Department. I think it would be fair to say that most people never heard of Foreign Affairs magazine, so its impact limited to the echo chamber of its subscribers. It appears to me that the practices of our government and the legacy media has morphed into an era of blatant blatant propaganda and unwarranted censorship. This would be entirely appropriate if an actual war was declared on an identifiable enemy due to an actual attack on the country. This, of course, has not happened. There is no historical equivalent to either Japan's attack on the U.S. at Pearl Harbor in 1941. Before some readers lose their grip on reality, the German attack on Poland in September 1939 was not an attack on the UK either. To be clear, this proxy war with Russia has nothing to do with securing the rights of the ethnic Russians in Eastern Europe or protecting the sovereignty of Ukraine. It is about the fact that the G7 EU have discovered they have screwed up their social and economic systems since the end of the Cold War and are now desperate to find a boogeyman to distract they're angry and soon to be much impoverished citizens from the truth. Russia is a handy target. It is a wholly corrupt state and needs regime change according to think tanks, such as the Council on Foreign Relations and certain American senators. Who better to do this than the corrupt oligarchs of Ukraine who are willing to send its young men into war for some pieces of silver? But I digress. Since absolute, quote, radio silence, unquote, is being practiced by the press and the governments of the English-speaking world, but how this catastrophe for Ukraine and now Europe began in the first instance, it is no wonder that most of the folks on Main Street have now become rabidly anti-Russian. 
Even in casual conversations with people in my town, this comes out loud and clear. When I ask them why they feel this way, the gobbledygook that masquerades as an informed opinion is nothing short of frightening. It is analogous to the repetitive regurgitations of both those for and against Donald Trump. Lots of emotion, absent facts, and logic. Again, I digress. Most of my fellow townspeople could not find Ukraine on a map, but they sure seem to know the situation. That is because the legacy media in, English speaking, in the English-speaking world have become mouthpieces for the governments of Canada, Australia, New Zealand, UK, and the United States, and they've made chumps out of millions. Today, I also read that the European Union's theory, Brenton, wants big tech in the U.S. to know that he is the, quote, enforcer, unquote. The Internal Market Commissioner of the EU will travel to California next month to carry out, quote, stress tests, unquote, to see how social media companies are preparing for updated content rules known as the Digital Services Act. This is in the European Union. According to Politico, Breton wants to stress test Silicon Valley giants. It goes on to write that the internal market chief says he will use the California trip to check out how social media giants are preparing to comply with EU content rules. This is the same unelected bureaucrat that is telling Elon Musk that he will kick Twitter out of Europe. Tell me, readers and listeners, what is an accomplished fellow like Mr. Breton actually up to? How my American cousins will react to this intrusion by the ever-self-aggrandizing EU and its self-absorbed megalomaniac leadership will, will be very interesting. This is Tom Tass, editor of the Border Pool Journal. Journal, And if you like the journal, please let me know. If you want to support, please subscribe so that we can spend more time and resources doing more of the same for you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.